Coming to you from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Quinn Spin. Hey now, and welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, to a brand new edition of the Quinn Spin. I am your host, the Quinn. I'm back here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Stitcher, and a whole lot more for another rousing and riveting installment of the official podcast of Underground Music Collective. You just heard Revel 9's All I've Become, our opening theme song since the great year of 2014, almost a decade ago. Don't remind me of that. And it will be our opening theme song until the very end of days. I'm very excited for this day in particular because I have Leah Jean joining me on the show. She is an artist here in town, phenomenal talent, and she is releasing Cheris Song as of tomorrow. As of this release date of this episode, April 15th, 2022. Leah, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Gerard. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it, we had uh, we had Van and Allison, good, you know, good friends of yes. the show on uh, last year. And yeah, this has been a long time coming, and I'm very excited to talk to you and get to know you better. And get I'm to know stoked, man. So this will be fun. Yeah. yeah. And so I ask every new guest of the show then three standard questions. So if you're ready for these, here they are. Who are you? What are your passions, and why on earth would you want to come on the Quinn Spin? Well, my name is Leah Jean. Um, I am a musician slash artist slash human, um, and I love Gerard, Aww. and I love podcasts, so I'm so stoked to be on here. Stoked to have you. Yeah, and thank you for the kind words. Appreciate it very much. And yeah, let's dive right in. So usually yeah. what we'll do then is we'll dive... We'll take a dive back to the beginning and Ooh. discuss your formative experiences, not only in music and creativity, but in life and how those shaped your creative path forward. Mm-hmm. So as far back as you want to go, what's the story of Leah Jean? Well, I was born and raised in Dayton, Ohio. Um, for those who are unfamiliar, it's really close to Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I always knew that I could sing, but I had severe anxiety and stage fright, so I would never want to do it in front of people, so I would do it, like, in the car when my mom was getting groceries, or I would do it, you know, in the privacy of my room, or, you know, this and that, and then in middle school, I was like, all right, it's time to emerge, and then I wanted to be in all the school plays and just got really into the arts, and yeah, I feel like I've always been very imaginative, very in another world, very... um Mm hands-on so yeah and then in high school I was like well I want to do this forever because this seems like the thing that I'm good at (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I um went to school for music and now I am here in Nashville uh, recording my first ever full-length album Mm -hmm. Um, I have an EP out right now that I recorded in 2017 Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Mm-hmm. And so you were in Chicago for a while. Yes, about so, six years. Yep. So Chicago, of course, another great music town. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not Music City, but you know, there's a vibrant arts and culture scene there. And so, what I want to know about Chicago, as somebody who loves that city, is what your experience was like, and what you learned, and what you were able to take away from your time there. Yeah, for sure. Well, I feel like when I first got introduced to the music scene in Chicago, it was heavily jazz and hip-hop and R&B influenced, Mm -hmm. um, which I feel like really influenced my own art 
and I learned a lot of jazz guitar and kind of uh, got into the R&B world a little bit, or at least it influenced what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. I would go to some like open mics and it would be very hip hop R&B centered, which was a really cool thing to kind of immerse myself in because I didn't really explore that growing up in Ohio, right. in the suburbs of Ohio. Yeah, I could imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was really cool. And that's what I love about Chicago. I mean, it's so eclectic. It's so diverse. It's so, I mean, it's a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, always. Um, which definitely makes it different from Nashville. I feel like Nashville is a little bit more homogenous. But um, yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, doing those formative years in Chicago was really cool for me because... I feel like it influenced my artistry in a really cool way. Yeah. 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 Chicago, having been there a couple, I'm a Cubs fan. So, you know, I, I've been there a few times at this point and Chicago to me is like a cleaner, friendlier New York, you know? Yeah. But, sure. but like, there's so, there's so much diversity in that city. There's mm-hmm. just so much, it's huge. It's sprawling. Like driving from one end coming up from Indiana, like through the Northwest corner of Chicago could take you a good like hour, hour and a half. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's enormous. And there are so yeah. many neighborhoods. There's so, there's so many different cultures there. Oh, absolutely. And of course, with the history of hip hop, R&B, jazz there, you know, that's going to find its way into your music. You know? Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. And so, it totally did, which is awesome. Yeah. 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 And so you're there for a while, and mm-hmm. then the pandemic comes. Yes. And by that point, you know, soon after the pandemic started, you actually came to Nashville. And yes. it, 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 it's interesting because we met through Allison Mahal, mm-hmm. who introduced us. Uh, and then you and Van Isaacson played our virtual Underground Writers Round, mm-hmm. one of the couple that we did during the pandemic when things first shut down. And you were either... I don't remember the timing of it, but you were either about to move here or you just had moved here. We had just moved here. Yeah. And yep. what a crazy time to to move, you know? Oh, yeah. And to go and experience a new place, but you're not really able to experience that new place. And I'm just curious to get in your own words, like, what that time was like for you. It kind of felt like a limbo state. Mm-hmm. Um, we arrived in Nashville and it was like tumbleweeds. And we were like, okay, I guess we'll just move in and then work on our stuff mm-hmm. and meet people, question mark. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely a bizarre time. Definitely a very reflective time. For sure. Um, I mean, I've always been a very introspective, reflective person anyway. But I guess that kind of amped it up because it's like, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. Um other than sit there and think and create stuff. (laughs) I think that's what a lot of us ended up doing (laughs) in the early parts of 2020. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a strange time. But, you know, the thing about Nashville is, did it really shut down? I feel like there were parts of it that didn't shut down that much. But, I mean, yeah, I feel like uh, I grew a lot during that time. Uh, Was it easy? No. (laughs) Right. Is it still kind of difficult? Absolutely. Um, Especially being an artist. I mean, it's like I couldn't do shows for a hot second. Couldn't go out and meet people for a hot second. And that's half of it. So, you know, it was kind of crazy. But we did it. Yeah. As somebody, like I moved here at the end of 2018. Like I got a full year plus of Nashville being Nashville before the pandemic. So that shutdown... I had mixed feelings about it. On one hand, it was like, well, thank God I can finally slow down. You know, that lasted for about mm-hmm. a week. And then it's like, okay, 
when is this, like they said, two weeks, like, when is this gonna, and here we are more than two years later, and we're still dealing with COVID in one way or another. And like, but yeah, it was such a reflective, just down period in the sense of there was nothing going on. Like, I'd leave the house once a week to get groceries. I think maybe those first couple months, I filled up my tank twice. Like, there was nowhere to go. There was absolutely nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Yeah. And, like, I love slowing down. I love working slow. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what was weird about it is that tensions were so high during that time. Yes. Because there's so much political conflict and, like, you know, it's just, it's a weird time to be in your 20s. And like, even though we kind of slowed down, which I appreciated in, in a lot of ways, it was still kind of tense, you know? Yeah. And still is, I think, in a lot yeah. of ways. Like, I feel like because we all went into hiding for a while and things were just very, I mean, even even this past winter, like there were minor shutdowns, you know, happening around the holidays mm-hmm. and New Year's in town here. Like... People are still, I think, figuring out how to reacclimate themselves, mm-hmm. you know, because we spend so much time alone. We spend so much time on these things. You can't see it, but I'm holding up my, my, my phone right now, like just immersing ourselves in this barrage of content. TikTok came to prominence during that time, you know. So Do you like, ever look at your screen time? Uh, no. And I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's alarming. It, it gets very existential real quick. I'm like, oh, my God, if I'm doing this every day, like how many years of my life am I spending on my phone? Yeah. 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 But I, it's like I feel you because it's like, what else can you do? Right. And TikTok is so entertaining. So like, well, I guess I'll watch TikToks for hours because I can't go out. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing, too, like as creators, too, like. We have to be on social media. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no way yeah. around it. Like, you know, people want to maybe pretend that there is sometimes, but there's really no yeah. way around it. You have to be on it. And if you the... have any sort of brand, yeah, like, it's got to be online. And then, you know, you post something online and then you just start doom scrolling. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're like, well, how do I get out of this? You and and it's, it's so habitual, too. Yeah, like, for sure. I... I went dark on social media a couple weeks ago for a day, and then I realized I need to be on social media. Yeah. And, like, I just noticed my behavior that day of, like, I would just habitually, like, fridge check Facebook. I type in Facebook, and then, oh, my profile's deactivated. Oh, that's right. Like, Mm. but just typing Mm -hmm. the F and hitting enter is just, like, this, like, second nature, like, fast twitch response for me I know. Where, you know, and then Instagram, too, like... Instagram, I didn't have as hard a time with that day because I still had the UMC and the Nash Live and the Quinn Spin ones running. So I had plenty of ways to distract mm-hmm. myself. But I'm like, I'm going to see if I can do this. And like, you use it so much for brand building, but like, how do you regulate it so you're using it responsibly? And like, once you get done doing your work, you're able to pull yourself out of it. Like, that's the thing. And I think in the pandemic, we became so much more dependent upon it because that was that was our window to the outside world exactly like there was you know especially depending where you were geographically like if you're a new york or la or italy at the time you know Mm -hmm. in early to mid 2020 like forget about it you're not leaving you know that's it that's your window yeah absolutely yeah i don't know and the thing about it too is that it is so interesting like tiktok is so nuanced and it'll adhere to whatever specific interests you have and then twitter's fucking hilarious and also somewhat depressive and then facebook is interesting you get to stalk all your weird relatives and whatever but it's like sometimes it just feels so like draining Mm -hmm. you know 
Yeah. I don't know, man. It's a weird thing, mm-hmm. these little rectangles. Yeah. So, and sometimes you go, you, like, the entire week would go by before you realize you haven't really stepped outside. I know. You You're know? like, well, maybe I should, like, move my body around or something, you yeah. know? It's a beautiful day out here. Let's, uh, <laughs> you know, let's, let's just, rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. Let's leave the phone on the charger because the battery's dead because I've been on yeah. it so much. And let's go for a walk. They're you too know? stimulating, man. Yeah. 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 That that was one thing though during the pandemic that I took a lot of walks. Oh, good. I took a lot. See, of that's walks. good. Yeah, around the neighborhood, just like an excuse to get away from all the technology. Just mm-hmm. if it was twenty minutes, let's just like, because the weather was getting nicer. You know, it's just like, all right, let, let me let me just get out there. You know? Yes, absolutely. But yeah, it's it's hard to break away as a creative. And I wish like we could pivot into some kind of like tips to, you know, give yourself a break from social media. But to be honest with you, I haven't figured that out. I know it's addictive. I mean, they're so convenient. They're right in your pocket or in your hand. They're right there. You know, Yeah. it is what it is. Um, I uh, made earrings Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. That's right. Yeah. I I did want to talk about the earrings. Yeah. Yeah. And that was awesome. That Mm. was like my, I was like, all right, I'm sick of all this. I need to like, I wasn't feeling very musically inspired at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I channeled, I wanted to do something with my hands. Yeah. And something tactile. Yeah. Or like tangible. I don't Mm. know. Um, So making earrings was really cool. Yeah. And of course my uh, uh, idea mind was like, ooh, let's turn it into a business. Why not? Mm Mm-hmm. So I started an Etsy and was selling them as merch and selling them um, online, and that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Which and, we'll get into the single, but I saw, is there a giveaway too with the yes, single? Yes, there yeah. is a giveaway. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you pre-save the song, you will automatically be entered for a chance to win a pair of earrings. And um, the song is broken up into three verses, and each verse is dedicated to somebody important in my life. And so I made a pair of earrings inspired by each person. So. Very nice. Yeah. I think that's a perfect point to go into share a song. Yes. As well. so absolutely. releasing as of recording or as of release date of this episode, releasing tomorrow. Yes. Uh, April 15th. And so. This is a nice story because it was inspired by a friend of yours who mm-hmm. on your birthday had sent you a box of notes and poems, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really thoughtful action that just turned into this song really quickly for you. You know, you yep. were able to put the bones of it together. And so I want to give you a chance to just go a little more into that inspiration and take it from there through the creative process and how it came together. Yeah, for sure. So on my birthday in 2020, was it 2020? Yeah. I, um, it was just like such a mundane, uh, Monday Mm -hmm. and I had just gone to the doctor. I had learned some, uh, health news that wasn't super exciting, nothing fatal. It just was kind of like, oh, now I got to deal with this. I'd come back home. I was like, this is kind of a shit birthday. And, um, there was a box waiting for me outside our front door. And I was like, oh, I wonder what this is. And my childhood best friend, had sent me a box of messages from like every person I have ever known and like wow. like all of this like all these self-care goodies and like um, poems by Mary Oliver. It was just so beautiful. And I remember sitting there opening it up and like reading all the messages and just like cr- like tears. <laughs> yeah. And um, I hadn't been touched like that in so long and it was just... It was so beautiful, and 
I FaceTimed Sharis and was like, Sharis, this is amazing. Like, I can't believe you got this to arrive like right on my birthday. Like, this is like the best birthday gift ever. Um, Yeah. And one of the notes in the box said to open it up when I'm when I'm feeling down or when I'm feeling sad. I can always go back to the Sharis box and mm-hmm. like, you know, see see um the community that I have. Yeah. Um so yeah, I don't know. It was just like so beautiful to me and I uh probably like 2 weeks later, 2 or 3 weeks later, I was sitting in our kitchen and um our kitchen is kind of like a almost a liminal space mm-hmm. like it's very minimal like it's literally just a kitchen table and chairs yeah and it's a big space and so vocals mm-hmm. sound fucking awesome in there yeah um so i was sitting there with an acoustic guitar and i was you know, strumming these chords and then this song share a song just came out of me in like 30 minutes mm-hmm. and i was like that's it the song's done boom and i think what's really special about it is that I like to write a lot of like woe is me songs, you know, mm-hmm. sad, sad girl music. But this one is just about gratitude. It's just about people in my life that have touched me. And uh, I don't know. It's just a really special song to me. And I hadn't played acoustic guitar in a while. Mm-hmm. So that felt really cool to kind of return back to that because that's where I started. Yeah. And then I switched to electric guitar when I was learning a bunch of fancy jazz stuff. Mm-hmm. But there was something so beautiful and pure and simple about the acoustic guitar that I loved at that time. I don't know. It just it was just a really magical moment. And I'm really excited to share this song. Yeah. Share the Sherris song. Share the Sherris song. Yeah. Hashtag share the Sherris. Exactly. There we go. Precisely. I, I might use that hashtag when this episode comes out. Oh my gosh, yes. Let's do it. I might use that. Yeah. That's great. Go for it. Share yeah. the Sherris song. See, brainstorm happening here on, on the show. Yeah, love, love it. it. Yeah. So the production process. So mm-hmm. taking it from that moment at the kitchen table to the finished product we're about to hear. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Um. So I really love a lot of... 1975 production mm-hmm. um i think they're super creative yeah uh particularly um the birthday party song mm-hmm. and uh be my mistake um i love taking sort of like uh like computery digitized sounds mm-hmm. and making them sound really beautiful yeah. if that makes any sense at all absolutely yeah. um well well-timed electronic elements yes like chef's kiss yes Love exactly it. Love yeah it. so i wanted to kind of infuse something like that with like just folksy acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and um i worked on it with van isaacson and Sam Roller of Love Grove Studios. Yeah. Geniuses. Good friends of the show. Yes. 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 Um, and so we were able to kind of make that vision happen. And they did a great job. And we have some really cool elements on the song. I love putting like almost like extraterrestrial sounds yeah. into. I love like adding new elements to second verses or second choruses. Mm-hmm. Um, while making it accessible at the same time. Yeah. That's really important to me because it mm-hmm. needs to be like, it needs to sound good. Like, I don't want to make it sound so bizarre that people are like, yeah. all right, 
Mm. I'm over it. But throwing these little hints of weirdness to yes. like really yes. pique the interest of the true listener. Yes. Love it. Love to, it. To paint the song. Yes. Um. So yeah, it's not, it's a, uh, it, I think it, it turned out really beautiful. Yeah. We'll see what the people think. We will see what the people think uh, tomorrow as of this episode release date. Share a song coming to all of your DSPs. That is uh, slang for digital streaming platforms for those of you who don't know. S- I'm, I'm super excited for you, and I'm super excited for what the future holds as well. So after, Thank you so much. After this is out in the world and we all have a chance to hear it, what is next on the horizon? So I am working on completing my first full-length mm-hmm. album. Right. Um, so that's about three-fourths done right now. So I am going to release a bunch of singles before I drop the whole thing, which will hopefully happen in the fall of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have some more singles that I'm going to release after Share a Song. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some shows that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, that's the plan for yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see the shows coming back. And more people kind of getting back into that swing too, you know. It's Absolutely, feel, it finally feels like it's becoming Nashville again, like mm-hmm. full bore, you know. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, you know, we did a lot of shows through 2021 through Nash Live, and it was like you could tell people were still kind of holding back. Not everyone wanted to play out. Not everyone wanted to go to shows. Like, mm-hmm. but now it kind of feels like all right. Everyone's had a chance to get the shot in the arm, you know. You know, yes. and so like. People, I think, just feel better about it for the most part right now, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. I mean, obviously, it's still a situation to navigate, but I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see people I know going out and back into the world. You know, it was interesting. I, um, for a while, the past like couple months, maybe mm-hmm. two or three months, I didn't really have a desire to play shows. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out where that was coming from. Uh-huh. And I kind of came to the conclusion or theory that um, I work as a server right now. Yeah. And it's very performance based mm-hmm. and it's exhausting. Yes. And um, I think I wasn't really feeling like going out and performing because I felt like that's what I was doing constantly yeah yeah so and also i think i needed to take a break Mm -hmm. anyway from doing shows yeah but i will say i think that was much needed because i'm actually feeling pretty stoked about playing shows again yeah next month yeah and the months to come yeah i mean that's the thing is you can't force inspiration right like you have to like if if you feel like you're just going out and doing it just to do it like it's not gonna be it's not going to be your best a lot of the time. Right? Yeah. And yeah, in the service industry, you're on your feet. Yeah. You're constantly having to put on a face. Yep. You know, if that customer is less than kind or is yep. rude for whatever reason, like you can't really. <laughs> yeah. It's not the time to. Uh... And you're literally performing for tips, you yeah. know, because mm-hmm. that's how you get paid. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So you, there is this element of putting on a show, mm-hmm. you know, and. Being in that setting and being in loud, noisy settings, right? Yep. Like, yep. you're already At there night, a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You need that time to decompress. Yeah. You know? It's and an intense biz, man. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. I don't understand how people do it, like, as I, and I admire people who do it as their, like, career, like, it's yeah. uh, like a full-time job. I'm like, does, 
it's so exhausting to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just turned 35, and, like, I'm at a point where, honestly, like, you know, we have our Nash Live shows. You know, we have, you know, we have other things happening out in the community or, like, there's networking events, but, like, I find that I don't have the motor that I used to have to, mm-hmm. like, constantly be in loud environments with a lot of people. <laughs> like, in my 20s, I could do it all day, every day. So, yeah, I can't even – I'm in my 20s now, and I can't do that. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot. I get overstimulated really quickly. Yeah, yeah. But that's interesting that you were able to do that in your tw- – I, th- I mean, everyone's different. Yeah. I think the pandemic really, like, affected – that yeah you know, for because, sure like honestly the thing i really enjoyed about the pandemic was like i wasn't going out every weekend for mm-hmm. the sake of going out because okay there you go because being single in nashville yeah there's a lot to do there's a lot you can get into and there there's are a, lot a lot of, you can get into yeah yeah there are a lot of late nights that can just kind of kind of come out of thin air you know yeah for and sure it's a party city. Yeah. You yeah. know, like you go to a show like over here at the five spot and then like you have a playground of five points just in general after the show gets out or mm-hmm. after you're done, you know, after you're done there, you could just walk somewhere else. Before you know it, it's two in the morning, you're at Red Door and it's like, oh, well, there goes my Sunday. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was like once the once the shutdown started, I actually really enjoyed those couple weeks in March where it's just like, oh, I get to slow down a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then April came and I'm like, no. No, like we're 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 done with this. Let's go. Let's get back out in the world. Like that's so funny. I feel like Van and I were kind of we're a little bit homebodies. Mm-hmm. I mean, Van could sit and work in his studio twenty four seven. Yeah. I mean, he could just do that all day. He's such a uh, workaholic. Mm-hmm. I like to kind of go out and and do stuff, but I mean, not as much as like some other people. I'm like, how do you have this like stamina? Yeah. It amazes me. I I don't know. I, and maybe the pandemic kind of created a habit for me of mm-hmm. like, you know, just wanting to stay home. Yeah. But it's interesting. I'm like, how do you stay out till like 3, 4 a.m. and then just rally the next day? Like I need a full ass day to recover from that if I'm going to do that. Or I need to know months in advance if I'm mm-hmm. going to have a night like that. Yeah. You know, my body just just can't handle it. (laughs) Yeah, it can't just happen anymore. My body and mind cannot handle it. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember when things like the first night the city opened back up, I'm like, all right, yeah, I got to go out. And I'm at I'm at Red Door. It's 11 o'clock. And I was standing there looking around like my one friend was going to meet me from Broadway. Couldn't get an Uber over for less than 60 bucks. Another friend that was going to meet me out and then ate an edible and decided not to leave. And I'm just I'm just standing there at Red Door. I'm like, this sucks. I'm going home. Like, I don't want to be here. I didn't miss this at all. You know? Yeah. And yeah, now it's just like. Sometimes it does kind of suck. Yeah. Just being in a loud bar, like wasted. Yeah. I'm like, no, I want to be in bed right now man yeah like f this yeah there are definitely nights where i'm like ready to freaking rage mm-hmm. but those are becoming fewer, fewer. and farer in between <laughs> yep yeah. yeah yeah i same like i'm at a point now where i'm like you know what i like getting up on sunday morning and working out i don't like being Heck yeah dude on sunday. yeah like working I, out is so good for you yeah i was on let's see i was at old glory a couple weeks ago on a sat on saturday night because um 
artist by uh, an artist I know in town by the name of Laura Goldie, who was just on the show, and uh, Vibe, who's an R and B duo that she manages. They host like a two thousands R and B dance party. Oh, there fun! Every... Yeah, and usually, like in the past, I've gone and I've just been like, "Yes, this is amazing!" Like, and Old Glory closes at one, so it's not that late when you get out of there, mm-hmm. even if you stay to the end. It's late, especially for me at this point. But like, I was there. I went in March, and I'm just I'm there. It's 1030. I'm like looking around. I'm like, I think I'm retired from this. Yeah. Like, I think I'm done. You are. And I just like, I, I, I downed a few glasses of water. I'm like, I'm good to drive. I'm leaving. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Like, I, I've heard that your body starts to like deteriorate. Not deteriorate. That's kind of dark. But like <laughs> at um, 25. 25. Is when like the turning point happens. Really? I thought and it was later than that. Really? Yeah. I don't know. But maybe you're right. I, I mean, don't know. This is just what I hear. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, my body can't handle like heavy drinking. No. And I don't want it. I don't want it to handle heavy drinking. No. Yeah. Point. Yeah. It's I'm like I can't do a night of heavy drinking and not feel sick. <laughs> well, 25 does make sense though because that yeah. was around the point where it's like I really stopped being able to do two nights in a row. Okay. You know? Okay. Like right around 25, 26, it was like if I went hard one night, like you'd be lucky if I had a drink in my hand the next after that. You okay. Know? Yeah. Whereas, like in college, it's like you just went hard. You just go hard. Yeah. You know, all weekend, you know, and then you get up and then and you, you go to class the next day. Yeah. You bounce around and yeah. whatever, and yeah. Sometimes you know there were a couple of times of going to class drunk, still drunk from the night before. Sure. Definitely sure. did that. Yep. But it's like yeah, you get to like twenty five, twenty six, and yeah, that does make sense. I. I thought it was – I remember hearing when I was younger, like, 35 is when the body actually, like, starts its shutdown process, which I just got there. Really? Yeah. Congratulations. Like, yeah. So I'm starting to shut down, you know. But, I mean – and the the funny thing about that is, like, I feel younger now than I did at 25. See, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. But I think it's because I'm not as irresponsible as I Yeah, for sure. You're not, like, you know, getting blasted all the time, and you're, like, working out, and you're, like, taking care of yourself. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's – it's, but, yeah, I mean, being being single in this town, you know, was kind of a challenge to not sabotage a lot of Sundays at first. You know, when I first sure. moved here, it was like, you know, oh, new city, new experiences, new people, lots of people. Like, Tinder. let's go. Tinder. Hinge, Bumble. See, I I haven't had one of those on my phone. Oh, in, really? In probably right before the pandemic was the last time I had one of those on my phone. Okay. I refuse. I refuse. I just had so many low quality interactions and I'm like, nah. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is I feel like it's kind of the way now. I mean, I haven't been on it in over three years. Yeah. <laughs> but um I feel like it's kind of the way now. Yeah, it is, but I don't like it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, like, I just, I don't know, like, it's just the world series of ghosting, like, and then the interactions you do have, like, I don't know, in my experience, like, there are a lot of people that I just don't think are even using them, but their profiles are still up, because, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I would just rather meet people organically, like, and I know that's not... Which you're good at, so that's that works. Yeah, I mean, I have plenty, I have plenty of opportunities to meet people, but the issue is... Most of them are on those apps, so then it's like they have like a much wider mm. playing field of options. Where I'm kind of trying to do it old school, like yeah, the old man that I am. But like, I don't know. Like, yeah, the last one I had on my phone was Bumble, beginning of 2020, and I'm just like, 
No. Kind of over it. Over it. Yeah, over I would it. go through it. When I was on dating apps, I would go through phases of um, deleting it and then re-downloading it, then deleting it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I met some interesting people. Nobody really uh, lasted. Yeah. But it's an interesting way to meet people. Yeah. Yeah. I... I don't I don't know. I feel I don't foresee myself getting back on those things at this point. You know, it's just one of those. Um, yeah, just one of those things. It's like, I don't know. I kind of feel like I again, being 35, it's like, who's on there? You yeah, know? you're kind of old now. Yeah, I'm kind of old to be on there. Like, it's kind of weird if I'm on there. Well, not really. No, 35 is not that old. I feel like it's I feel like it's weird. Like if I'm like I felt weird being on there at 31, 32. Like, I feel mm. like now it's just like, I'm officially middle-aged. Like, why am I still, why don't, why am I not home with my wife and children? Maybe I do have them and I'm just not saying anything on those, on the app. Maybe you do, man. Maybe the I do. The secret life of Gerard. Yeah. Who knows? Who, like, who really knows? Like, I just feel like somebody seeing 35 would definitely raise an eyebrow. On I don't think apps. so though. No? I f- yeah. I mean, I feel like there are a lot of people that are your age that are on the apps. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But we're not here to talk about my dating life. We're here to talk about you. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> we're not? What? No, I mean, we, we ended up, we went there, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we, you know, sometimes, you know, life just kind of takes its course. Uh, it does. But, but we are here to talk about you, Leah Jean, and share a song and everything that you have going on in your mm-hmm. musical world. Mm-hmm. And so we covered a lot of that. And I want to, I'm trying to remember to ask people this question on every episode toward the end. And that question is... Way in the future, you know, you have this body of work. You've had all the success in the world. Like, you know, all of your dreams have come true. And you're looking back and there, if there's one thing that you want people at that point to have taken away from your work, what would that be? Ooh, God. Uh, Okay. The first thing that immediately came to my mind and maybe that's because I'm a lesson I'm learning more and more these days. Be your freaking self. Be yourself. Yeah. Um, which is like kind of cliche and kind of kind of cheesy, but there's a lot of truth to it. And I feel like, it, like yeah, being in your mid twenties, you kind of that lesson really comes to a front. Because mm-hmm. um, you kind of choose your people and you kind of figure out who you are and what's working for you and what's not. Um, okay, so be your be yourself and be real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, I, well, I love that because I feel like there's so much pressure to not do that all around us at all times. You mm. know, we talked about social media a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and having to put on that show, having to perform, you know. Well, and I think especially as an artist because artists v- choose very um, interesting paths and especially in American society, there's a lot of pressure to make a lot of money, um, create a business, uh, work your way to the top by yourself. Mm-hmm. And some of that is kind of cool. And some of that is really freaking isolating mm-hmm. and not for everyone. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people are moving away from the sort of uh corporate ideologies yeah and into i don't know 
a more vulnerable more vulnerable more altruistic kind of vibe at least that's what i like to think i think the pandemic kind of shed the light on that a little bit more but i don't know i feel like there's a lot of pressure to be like extremely successful Mm -hmm. and and to do it all on your own and to do it all on your own who's ever ran afoul of me i'll show everyone else yeah and um i don't know that kind of pisses me off sometimes yeah because there's so much power in community there's so much power in in uh connection Mm um so yeah where was I going with that? But I think it's the thing that people fear the most is connection, vulnerability. Yeah, it know, is. Being open, yeah. being their true selves because like. So that's what I want my music to do. I yeah. want people to listen to it and be like, oh, this person gets it. This person gets the thing that I've been thinking in my mind mm-hmm. and I'm not alone. Right. Boom. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I think like, I think we need more of that. We need more art that serves not just the person making it. That yes. serves not just this image yes. that we're trying to put out. Yes. But that actually speaks to this experience. You know, we need more of that to make its way into popular culture and popular music. Because, like... Which oh, I think it kind of is. It is. It is. Yeah. I even, th- I even feel like some of that's becoming commodified, though. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like... There yeah. have been so no, many right. people coming yeah. out with like sad girl pop that now it's like, oh, I need a sad girl song. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's becoming this thing that's not real. It's almost like depression is becoming commodified now. Yeah, for sure. And it's, and it's like, like, well, if you want to write something that's a little bit different than that, freaking do it. Yeah. You know? Because mm-hmm. it's going to be refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be refreshing and has a chance to become the new trend that then becomes commodified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, I feel like people are starting to open up more and speak to their entire range of experiences more in a public sense, you know, not mm-hmm. just through music and that like, we need to lean into that as a society, you mm-hmm. know, like I the, agree. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really cool. Like the mental health discussions that are happening. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that was not really a thing that was discussed. Like, you know, our parents' generation. Oh yeah. And even like to- at all really. And even today, like within our generation, sometimes you talk about it and some people look at you like a little sideways, you know, mm-hmm. like, are you sure you want to say that? Uh, like I've had people tell me, cause I'm open, I'm an open book. People tell me, don't open up about that because people won't take you seriously as an entrepreneur. I'm like, well, then those are the people that I don't want to work with, to work with, you know? Yeah. But then you have all these other people over here who appreciate messages like that, you mm-hmm. know? And that... Well, your audience is your audience. Your audience is the audience that's going to click with the real you mm-hmm. and not just this thing that you create and want people to believe is you. And yes. I, and I feel like more people are starting to open up to that, but at the same time, like, there's still a lot of fear that people have sharing their true selves, you know, and mm-hmm. kind of hiding behind this mask of this persona. Mm-hmm. Not that the persona, not that the artistic persona is by any means the only mask we wear as human beings, you know. Mm-hmm. You can wear a mask, you know, through travel. You can wear a mask through, you know, serial relationships. You can wear a mask through drugs and alcohol. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we all have our masks that prevent us from being our full open selves, right? Mm-hmm. And it's breaking that down. And getting comfortable with yourself and putting that out there, like, that's the key. And that's really, like, where you're going to connect the most with your audience. The older I get, the more I'm starting to be okay with, like, uh, not being liked Mm -hmm. by everyone. Yeah. And, like, I don't, I mean, I don't think I'm, uh, like, a mean person. Right. Or 
you know, whatever. But if you don't like my art or you don't like my vibe, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And that's such a valuable lesson. Yeah. Right? Because Mm -hmm. it's like you got to be okay with yourself. Yeah. That's the thing that matters the most. Yeah. like And to not change your vibe to suit somebody else. Exactly. Because then you're faking it. And that's where your resentment is going to build. That's where... That that's where it becomes unhealthy and people pleasing. And as a recovering people pleaser, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, I'm such a people pleaser. Yeah, and I'm starting to become less of that, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool because it's like, I think, I mean, like, I think at work sometimes I can come off kind of standoffish. Yeah, but that's just because I'm so focused on like, right, you know, getting getting my shit done or like. You know, I don't want to fuck around or I don't necessarily need to be having this conversation right now, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And I don't know, like maybe people will read that as, oh, you don't like me or, you know, you do. But it's not that. It's just like it's it's my I know exactly what it is. And yeah. that's all that matters. Right. Right. Like. And I think younger me would have been like, oh, I need to be a little bit more bubbly or I need to be a little bit more this that so people will like me. You know, it's just like. It's interesting. The journey to self-confidence is very interesting. Yeah. 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 I've been on my own recently anyway, you know, and where it's really shown up for me is in the area of my life where I've had the least self-confidence, which is dating. And it's just like, I used to be a doormat. You know what I mean? And it's only been very recently Mm -hmm. where it's like, I really don't care if this person likes me you know, after it ends or whatever. Like, I've really, like, I'm not going to make myself small. Like, you know, in, there have been situations where, you know, something ends and I feel like I need to just completely retreat and stay away and not have any of the same friends and not do any of this. Like, very recently I've realized, like, no, I'm not making myself small. Because that doesn't, that doesn't do anything to help anybody. It certainly isn't going to help me grow this platform and grow myself by just completely retreating into the shell because somebody rejected me or somebody doesn't like Mm -hmm. me or whatever. Like who cares at the end of the day, it's one person, you know? And like by living in fear of that one person's reaction to you, you're robbing yourself of all these blessings that are out here, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's just something like, you know, just doing away with people pleasing over, it's really just been like over the past year where I've really started to get comfortable with that and just get comfortable with this notion of like, you know what? I don't need to change for anyone. Yeah. You know, like I will identify the changes that I need to make for myself, mm-hmm. you know, and so that I can show up better in the world. But th- that doesn't need to be attached to pleasing another person, to being something else so that person is going to like me. If somebody me. makes you uncomfy... You don't need to um, make them like you. Right. Just don't hang out with them. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, that's the thing. You don't vibe. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't vibe. Period. Mm-hmm. End of story. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's exactly it, you know? And I feel like it's just been such an important lesson. Yes. You know? Just to... Just to get comfortable in your own skin and really focus your energy on the reciprocal energy in your life. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, like, because there's plenty of it. It's all around you. It but is all around. The more you put your true self out there, the more it's going to come back. Yes, exactly. You know? Yeah. 
It's so hard to remember that. It is <laughs> so know, hard to remember that. Yeah. Especially like I feel like I I like to go deep really quick, or yeah. I, I like to have like uh, very emotionally heart centered conversations. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like you know maybe sometimes people are thrown off by that, or they would rather talk about something else. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, am I just a little freak over here? Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I feel sort of like an outsider sometimes. Yeah. Um. But. That's not always the case. Yeah. You would be surprised. Like, it's always, like, sometimes I'll meet somebody and I'll be like, oh, they just, you know, they, they're kind of surface level, blah, blah, blah. But then you start to really open up with them and they'll surprise you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's just like people are, I think, uh, conditioned to be uncomfortable with talking about that, that stuff. Yes, yes. And it's, I think that's another thing that, you know, our digital culture right now, it's just like everything's a snapshot. There's mm-hmm. really not a whole lot of depth, you know. Everything mm-hmm. gets turned into a meme so quickly, including like serious mental health topics, including serious relationship topics. Yep. And it's just like it's almost taboo to like in a lot of ways to open up, you know, when you first meet somebody, you mm-hmm. know. It's just like, oh, too much. And I I feel like which time and place, you know, read the situation. Yeah, read you the situation. You don't need to necessarily throw all of your all of your shit on somebody right away. Right. Right. But, you know, I would prefer that over being fake. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's better to say too much than not, nothing at all, as John yeah. Mayer said in Say uh, when, when that song came nice. out. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, Shout out to John Mayer. Yeah, yeah. What a, what, what a talent. But, um, but, yeah, it's it is. It's become like this taboo, I think, over time. Like, okay, we just need to kind of skim the surface and, and nobody gets hurt. You know, I mm-hmm. think like the digital nature of so many of our interactions now only play into that but i feel like yeah i definitely like to cover up my pain with jokes a lot of the time Mm -hmm. which is kind of probably not very healthy a lot um but but you know sometimes i'm just like i don't want to fucking have to deal with this or like i don't i don't want to have to bring all this to the table right now so here's a silly goofy joke or Mm -hmm. here's a silly goofy meme Mm -hmm. um time and place again again time and place yeah like and sometimes I'll do that, like, in my relationship with Van. Like, he'll be like, I just need you to tell me what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And I still struggle with it, you know? Right. It's really hard for me to to communicate exactly how I'm feeling sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah. man, learning that, learning how to communicate the depths of your soul is yeah. important. <laughs> and I feel like humans are starting to yearn for that more and more and more. Yes. Because there's been so much memeing of just our everyday lives now that I feel like, I mean, I, speaking for myself, like I've kind of felt deprived of that opportunity, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's like, you're not painting a portrait, you're taking a snapshot, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's a time and place to like bear your soul. But I feel like if more people felt comfortable being just healthily open, there Mm -hmm. wouldn't be so much dumping that takes place, you know, like people wouldn't feel so compelled to just like, you know, word vomit, whatever is going on in their lives. Yeah. Because there'd be open, healthy communication. And I feel like- Go to therapy. Go to therapy. Yeah. You know, talk it out. Yeah. Talk it out with a professional first, and then you're able to bring more to the table in your normal interactions with human beings. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I feel like we still have work to do to get there. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. So, 
Well, this has been an enlightening conversation. Love it. Yeah, Leah My Jean favorite kinds us. of conversations. Yeah. The we, enlightening ones. We covered a lot here today. So I want to thank you again, Leah, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Gerard. Absolutely. Anytime. Welcome back. And uh, before we do all the sign-off stuff, just want to give you a chance to let people know how they can support you and where they can find you online. So you can find me online um, at Leah Jean Music. That's J-E-A-N, like the pants. Um, I have one viral TikTok, and it's my impression of a bumblebee. So definitely check that out. Um, same username, Leah Jean Music. You can also find me on YouTube. If you search Leah Jean, um, Spotify, same deal. And uh, I have a LinkedIn, but I have no profile picture on it, and it is not filled out. So if you want to check that out too. That's an option. <laughs> That's it. There you go. Plenty of options. Leah Jean here <laughs> on the Quinspin. Share a song coming out April 15th, which, if you're listening to this on release day, is tomorrow. Woohoo! Or if you're listening to this any other day, literally any other day for the rest of time, it's on all the streaming platforms. And this has been the Quinspin. Two ends in Quinn, two ends in Spin. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, and more. Also on the socials, namely Instagram at QuinnSpinOfficial. Going to be launching that TikTok soon. I'm experimenting with it on my own first. Finally biting that bullet. Also TikTok? learn more about the, yeah, finally biting the bullet on TikTok. I realize I have to because Facebook is absolutely useless. Um, yeah, it kind of is. As a tool. Yeah. yeah. Like nobody engages with anything ever at all. It's true. My aunt does, but, you know, I mean, like. Is your aunt your audience? Mm, yes and no. I mean, I, I appreciate having her in the audience. Yeah. But, like, I need more than just her to be my audience. Yeah. So it's like, you know. Sure. But anyway, uh, you can find out more about the Quinspin as well at undergroundmusiccollective.com, our central hub for all things independent music and more. Also learn more about UMC on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. Follow the UMC 20 playlist on Spotify. Share a song. We'll be making an appearance there very soon. We update that every Tuesday as well as with these episodes at the end uh, as a bonus track. And Nash Live. Uh, actually, tonight, if you're listening to this on release day, come out to the Cobra free show. Pepperwood and Nicole Boggs and The Real. That starts at 8 p.m. at Cobra here on the east side. NashLive.live has more dates, which by this point in the week, I hope I've gotten around to announcing more because we have more shows coming up. And I've been slacking on getting things announced. We're going to play it out the way we played you in with Rebel 9's All I've Become, the end of it, as opposed to the beginning, and I'll see you next time.